Oi, oi. Welcome to another episode of Through the Door, the official Broken Bricks podcast. Uh, I'm Yuzi. I'm a producer, composer and writer for the band Broken Bricks. Um, in this podcast, we talk to music industry professionals about how they built their career uh, and we get some hints and tips to help you along the way with creating yours. Um, in uh, this episode, I got to sit down with a guy who's got real good knowledge about all different areas of the, of the industry. Uh, he runs his own management company. Uh, he works in music schools teaching. Um, he tours with um, a mathcore band uh, as a guitarist. And uh, he's got his own solo project out um, called Lift. And uh, it's kind of an electronica type vibe. I highly suggest that you go and check it out. Uh, they, he's got an album out called um, There Is Beauty and Everything, which released very recently, a couple of weeks ago. And it's blowing up nicely. So um, this guy's called Daniel Stevenson, and he's, he's a wonderful guy, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, don't forget to subscribe uh, to the channel. This is the Broken Bricks channel. Uh, we've also got some more Broken Bricks fun stuff coming down. We've got a new release uh, called Tapestry coming out on the 9th of July, uh, as well as some other goodies coming down the line. And yeah, so subscribe to us, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform it is that you're listening to us on so that we can share with you the, uh, the, new, the, the new episodes that are coming out. Ah, that was easy to say, wasn't it? Right. Enjoy. Goodbye. Cool. You recording now, yeah? Yes, yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome on to Through the Door, man. Thank you so much for getting, reaching out to us and getting in contact. It's, it's. Oh, should I say this? I was going to say it's refreshing to to receive something that um, is genuinely up my street. Oh, nice. That's good. <laughs> I'll word yeah. it that way. Yeah, I'm always worried about sending stuff out to people that I don't know firsthand because, yeah, yeah I don't know. I worked in management for so long that you just get handed so much crap and you're like, yeah. if you don't and know sometimes, them, it's kind of... Sometimes it's not even crap. Per se, I mean, you can hear the quality in things, or you learn how to do that. But, but mm. this was genuinely also completely up my street, you know, in terms yeah. <laughs> of what I would sit down and listen to. So it's just like, ah, oh, okay, this one's a nice, easy chat. Then. <laughs> nice, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah no, I appreciate um, that. I've li- I've liked the podcast for ages. I remember when the Dan Lasak one came out that I saw it at first, and then yeah. kind of went off it for a bit, and then I saw Adam on as like, oh, I'm just yeah. gonna piggyback. Right yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're we're kind of getting better now. We didn't really like the whole Zoom thing. And we were trying to figure out the dynamics of the podcast, like what 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 is it we're trying to do? It started out, it really started out because um, me and Warren um, talk to musicians all the time in the pub, and we just chat this stuff anyway. <laughs> and we were like, should we just hit record and <laughs> start yes. putting it out? And that was that was it. So, and then obviously the pandemic, and I moved to Jersey, and Warren's still over in London, and it just separated us up. So we kind of mm-hmm. like we it went on a hiatus for a little while. And then I just missed it, man. I just like, I need to start speaking again. To, to it's musicians. so good. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's ace. I, I love need it. To, you need to geek out a bit about things that you yeah. love, whether that's like music or cars or whatever. Like you yeah. need that time to just indulge in it massively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, and we still make our own music. So the, it, the, the, the thing is kind of morphed into uh, uh, me and Warren kind of hosting it um, to, we've in, included now our singer because me and Warren, created an album with a, a really good vocalist um called christiane so i just figured well we'll bring her in she she brings like the female element to it mm-hmm. um and then we can just host it, it could be hosted by the band so it's kind of like cross you know 
um, promotion type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Nice so now it's taken on that kind of thing, but uh, trying to figure out diaries and stuff, <laughs> especially with singers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. It's oh so difficult, God. like managing any adults. Like you yeah. think it's stuff with kids. Wait till you've got three adults. That's yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> if they're musicians. Um, so yeah. So what you normally get now is you either get me, or you normally always get me, or you get Warren, or you get Chrissy, or you you know, so whatever. But yeah, today we, you've got me. But yeah, no. So um, thank you for for sticking with us and listening. Then you know, no worries, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. But we have we've actually just Adam was the last one we put out, uh, but we've got I think about another four or five in the bag that are already done that we haven't just put out yet. So, um, and and interestingly, a, a few of those is, uh, have come from co- uh, Adam conversations. Oh, okay, uh, so yeah. anime, um, she's a female producer, was on uh, a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. Uh, she she used to go to college with Adam. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, and she works with Little Boots, who I also uh, I come from the same sort of little village as Little Boots. So it's this kind of like okay. weird small yeah small world type of chat. So it's funny. Yeah. You have one conversation with Adam, and then all of a sudden it branches off into different yeah. things. But I that's mean that's. The, that's the beauty of having yeah. these podcasts is that you yeah. never more than like you know it's the six degrees of exactly kevin bacon or whatever like you're yeah, never yeah, yeah. further exactly. away from from someone so that's awesome yeah yeah it's really cool so uh yeah so again thank you so much for for sending it over and i guess for me it was like uh i sat down to listen to the album and i thought i'll just make some notes and i found that i couldn't because oh, well. <laughs> I just wanted to listen. You know, like sometimes, yeah. I don't know if you ever get this, but I can't really work. If, you know, if I'm like typing something up, I'm doing something. And sometimes I can't have, I have to have like crap music on in the background. I can't have something good on. I can't have like radio on because yeah. I'll just stop. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm just tuned in and I'm, I'm not doing my work. Yeah, and this, I'm the exact same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can have something like whatever on, you know, and I'll be okay with that. But this, the, the last album that I listened to um, that did that to me was probably BC Camplight. I don't know if you've, have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Well, no, no. Oh, you should check him out, man. I mean, it's probably more aimed at more regular radio play, perhaps. I think you're probably more kind of like... Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's floating around. You're, you're, you're more six music. He's probably more floating around. You know, the more palatable yeah, stations, yeah. perhaps. That's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be a compliment. By yeah, the way. no, I took uh, it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 it, it's one of those like stop and listen. You can't you can't like you know Hoover the house and have it on in the background. It's one of those. I've got, where's my headphones? And you know. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, man, I just I, I was just impressed with how many layers there are. The, the fact that it's so unpredictable i'm talking about your album now yeah, yeah, yeah. um the stops the stops it, keep, it just keeps you guessing so that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. well done that that <laughs> cheers yeah that was the completely um the the point of it really um musically i suppose was to kind of get a bit of that sort of reaction so yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. been amazing to hear it's not even been out for a week yet and i've mm. um i've had so many emails and messages with that same kind of thing in mind um the word unique keeps getting flown around yeah and that's yeah amazing which is hard nowadays right exactly yeah really really difficult like i'm a, a music composition lecturer and yeah. i don't consider very much to be unique anymore so um yeah when i hear that coming from people that I've admired um, for years, it yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, I really I feel so happy that it's had that sort of reaction. So it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it it kind of takes me to different places. Like there's Tom York in there. and But <laughs> there's also, have you, have you listened to um, Tayondi Braxton? I haven't. Oh, interesting. Check, I'm check, writing down check, all these check, names. Yeah, check, check Tayondi Braxton. So it's T-Y-O-N-D-A-I, uh, yeah. B-A- uh, and then surname B R A X T O 
N. Shit, I did a bad job of that. Yeah, it's all right. Ty, yeah. Tyondi Braxton. So he, you know the band Battles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when Battles first started, they had a vocalist, and he was kind of, he was, an, he was a vocalist for the band. But he, as soon as they started getting big, he jumped jumped out. and Because he's just kind of like this like quirky, weird kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. He just likes to fiddle around with like synths and stuff. He doesn't want to <laughs> yeah. be in a big band, which yeah, I found quite impressive. But, but he yeah. does his, his own stuff, so... I don't know. There was like elements of that in there, which is interesting that you've never, never heard. Yeah, is he pre mirrors then? Because I've, I've kind he, of listened to them post all of that. But it was on the first album. That was uh, that was mirrors, right? The first album. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's on that one. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've not really seen it, his name around. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he had like the, the effects pedals on his vocals, like wing, 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 yeah. wing, and doing all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, that, okay, but that was right. him. Yeah, yeah. There's a he, human that did that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, in fact, I think on that uh, on the uh, video for um, is it Atlas? I think it is, or something like that. That um, he's on that pedal going wing, 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 and singing it. Yeah, but he's he's a freaky dude. But he's he does some like multi layered kind of stuff, and it it kind of reminded me of that. And also, there's a there's a band that I was like, not a band, a, uh, a producer um, that I was wigging out on ages ago called No Such Thing. You ever heard of that okay, guy? Don't know either. Yeah, yeah check that out as well because I was. It yeah. took me straight to that. I was like, No Such. And then obviously Apex. There's elements of like Apex in there. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and, and the Bjork stuff. So, yeah, man. Um, how's how's the reception been then? I know it's obviously early days. You've had the single out for a little longer though, right? A wee bit. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I'll maybe give a vague background just for anyone that doesn't really know. So I'm inherently actually from quite like a kind of punk and hardcore sort of background. So I play in Frontier and used to play in Section. So much okay. more akin to like Meshuga and Dillinger and okay. this kind Dillinger. of more kind of... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about Dillinger to, to Adam. Actually. Yeah, that's right. I saw. <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, my, my background has been touring in that band for like five years now. Nice. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've got a music degree and like trained in teaching and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I basically was kind of at this point where I needed to have a little bit of a kind of musical palette cleanse and change and stuff. COVID obviously wiped all my touring for the year. Um, and I had all this kit at home with, with no schedule. So, um, yeah. yeah, at that point, I was kind of like, right, I need to just kind of like use the time wisely. And a whole bunch of things kind of happened in my life and kind of put me in a spot where I kind of needed music as a distraction. And um, and then, yeah, things started happening where it was sounding kind of unique and then sounding quite good. And then I'd kind of piece it all together and eventually came up with a, a handful of songs I was quite happy with got an idea about some collaborators that I wanted involved and I knew Adam a little bit I used to manage and so I watch you from afar kind of bigger um kind of post-rock sort of band yeah and um Adam did some work with me with them and so yeah I've I've seen him drum a million times a song oh, with like Deftones so and Dillinger man. and like all these phenomenal bands yeah and um so I knew he was going to be on it I needed someone that would kind of add an element of like that obscure sort of like in the realm of breakbeat into jungle kind of thing yeah. and then I wanted someone separately that was very specifically that so that's where Ian Maciak comes into it afterwards okay. yeah, um, yeah but yeah so that kind of culminated into the first single um Zower and then Rolling Stone um, premiered that on the 23rd or 4th of April just yeah. past um and that reception was really good but something interesting that's kind of happened off the back of that is a lot of people said that 
it was kind of difficult to make sense of what was to come based on that one song, yeah. um, which is fair. Um, I just hadn't thought about it because I'd had the record for nearly a year at that point. Um, and so when the full record came out, a lot of people were saying to me like, ah, this makes sense now, this whole track, I, like it fits in with a body of work instead of yeah. like a random sort of like yeah. um, push-pull beat sort of thing. I quite like that random thing though. There was um there was a, I don't know if it's a band or producers, but they came out, it was like, a, 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 um, they hid behind the identity of it. So you could, you, no one knew who it was. And what the hell was it called now? <clears throat> I think it was Invisible Minds. Okay, cool. Have you ever heard of them? Invisible no, Minds. Check. And they did a similar kind of thing. Like they refused to say who was in it. So there's yeah. this big old, like, and, and, and then they just released this one track and it's like, but there's no like, you know, there's no story to it. There's no Nothing backstory. We don't know who's in it. And everyone's going mad for it. And it's a really cool tune. I can't remember what the tune's called, but it was a while ago. And then they brought the album out. I think that they've shown their faces now and stuff. But nice. I quite okay. like that approach, you know. Yeah, I like guessing. the mystique. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool sort of way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. So so where did it all get started for you? But way um, back. Like musically or just this yeah. record? Or? No, no. As in like, you know, younger version of yourself yeah, decided um, music was the thing. Yeah, fairly broad. Um, so I, I, w- I was born in Scotland and then I moved to South Africa at a really young age. Uh, okay. And I lived in South Africa till I was like seven. And um, so my first sort of like first-hand experience with music was very like roots and rhythmic based um, sort of indigenous music. So I've yeah. always been really drawn to rhythm from a young age. Um, and so I think that was always just something in the back of my mind that I just, and you can hear it in this record, it's just like, I just yeah. love like manipulating rhythm and using it as a kind of, as a hook almost. Um, and so yeah, I moved back to Scotland when we were like seven or eight. And then uh, I have an older brother that's like 12 years older than me. And so when he was in his teens, I was really kind of young, but impressionable and um he started out loving like techno and happy hardcore and stuff and at the time i didn't think i liked it but now yeah. i look back on it it's actually had a massive influence on the way that i kind of listen to electronic music yeah. um and then he kind of evolved into like grunge and stuff and yeah. so um yeah he gave me like a big wad of cds of like the pixies and pearl jam and alice in chains and that just started this kind of journey of like um subculture music for me when i think i was like 13 maybe yeah and, uh, and then I found a guitar, obviously, uh, learned how to play all of Nevermind. Yeah. Um, and then I was yeah. just like absolutely hooked on that whole idea. So, yeah, um, yeah th- I never really had another path in mind. I, I ended up studying music at college after high school and then I went to university to study it. Um, and then I took a couple of years out to go and travel and busk around like Australia and just kind of do odds and ends. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I came back and I was like really ready to kind of get my teeth into the industry. I was like 2012, I think. And then, yeah, I've basically just been in touring bands and managing bands um, ever since until about two years ago. Um, And then I started lecturing um, at a college up here in Aberdeen. And yeah, now I lecture like composition, performance and instrument tuition, like everything within that music sort of umbrella. So um, yeah, it's been my whole life. I've I've, uh, refused to do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I guess like you, you really sort of spreading the tentacles out in terms of you know, uh, lots of different aspects of it, which is which is really great because you get into you get in a different flavor. You you know, you you're teaching people, and you you've got that tour element as well, and, and yeah, uh, and also interesting, yeah, and 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 yeah, I guess it's kind of difficult to peg you to a genre, really. In that a little regard. bit yeah I was, I was really apprehensive about this whole record to be honest because I, I never actually made I, I never set out with the intention to release music I set out with the intention to write a record and then yeah. I would see what would happen so um yeah it was a really difficult thing to kind of rein it in a little bit 
And because I've been kind of um, stuck with one genre touring for the last like five years, yeah. I was really desperate to do as much as I could, but without it sounding unnecessarily um, like narcissistic. I think you could be guilty of trying everything just to show off that you could. And I yeah. didn't want that to be the case. I needed it to serve the song. Yeah. And so in some cases there's like the big expansive kind of post-rock thing. And then in other songs, there's like the chaotic sort of um, Aphex sort of thing. And then yeah. yeah, in others, there's like the Sigaros big string sort of idea. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah really had to try rein it in. I, I think yeah. I, I could have gone much wider if I <laughs> didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Adam was saying something kind of similar, um, you know, because he's got that kind of formidable sound. That's it, it, you could, you could kind of watch him and go, is, "Is he showing off, or is he adding value to the song?" But, but yeah. actually, he he's deliberately pulling himself back in order to do that. And yeah, yeah. I think it's um, quite a tricky, tricky thing to do. But what what's your kind of approach then? I mean, where do you where do you come up with an idea and then? develop it are you, are you picking up a guitar and coming up with some stuff or are you making beats or, or it's a good question it? so it really depends on what it is that i'm trying to like achieve with the song so my process generally with a piece of music is that i want to work out exactly the feeling that i want to get across um and and that can usually inform which instruments i can use based off of that but for me it's really about thinking at the end of this how do i want myself to feel but how do i want other people to feel off the back of that cool. and i think something that happens when you get trained in music or when you study music is that you get really like tied to this idea of sticking to rules and sticking with certain like ideologies which might be staying within a key or a time signature or whatever yeah, yeah. and i find that that's a really boring way to put restrictions on music like music yeah. is one of those things it's one of the only things in the whole world that's immeasurable you can't measure what it does to you there's not a unit for what it makes you feel and yeah. i think if you have a good understanding of music it's kind of your obligation to make that as extreme as it can be like i don't want people to feel ambiguous about my music i want them to really feel something so yeah, yeah i think about that as the start point and then i kind of reverse engineer so um with the opening track for this um record l1 um i'm from that kind of generation of listening to a record from start to finish and yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. should Me really too. feel like yeah yeah it should feel like an <laughs> adventure like yeah, the whole thing yeah. should really feel like a journey so yeah. um i kind of thought with that i want people to feel uh, drawn in and i want them to feel a little bit confused but they should also want to kind of continue on to the next thing so yeah um in that respect i i always think to to kind of pull people in you've got two options you either go for the um the whimsical like slow burn intro or you smash them in the face or something and so <laughs> i was kind of like well <laughs> I've, I've done the smashing in the face for five years let's kind of like try the nice um paddy yeah. synths and yeah. i've developed that and um and then yeah it's it's a case of working out which instruments will achieve the thing i'm trying to achieve mm. and um and then yeah off the back of that i'm like I said, I spent so much time studying music that I generally can work out the sound in my head and then put that into an instrument, if that's bass or keys or the voice or yeah. whichever that may be. And then I kind of let some of the organic work happen. I, I don't really like to like just say, you know, this is a song, the song's on piano, so it'll stick with piano. I think yeah. that's like a bit restrictive. And um, another reason why I didn't want this to be limited by like a live band i wanted this to be just like everything i wanted it to be if it's changing yeah. instruments every two bars or panning yeah. left to right or using like odd stereo image stuff um so yeah it's just a bit of like a little bit of planning and then um letting the the kind of feelings do the work a little bit after that i think yeah yeah and no, it's, it's a really good approach I, what 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 is your sort of um 
go to have you got like sample packs and things that you're using in order to like do string embellishments and things like that have you have you got like a go-to set that you kind of use and uh, good and, question and as well yeah. um, so <laughs> prior to this i'd i'd never produced my own record at all and i was yeah. fairly um fairly basic with logic to be honest yeah so the DAW that i use uh, is, is logic and i wanted to try to stay away from sample packs as much as i could because yeah. i think it's it's quite a cheap way to kind of trick people. I know that might sound a bit kind of mm. like um, couth, but I, I do think that I think if, if you're going to put that much time into something, you need to like really like be inside of it sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I ended up like making all my my own 808s and um, like creating the drum sounds and making the synth patches and stuff. So okay. I ended up actually doing all of that myself. There's, I think, like three bits of samples that i took from packs one was a kick um because i i could i know i just knew i could never get the sound i wanted and it was in a pack so um but i did a lot of like post-edit sculpting on that kick um to justify my previous comment um and then outside of that there was um a couple of vocal samples that i had edited but they weren't really from sample packs they were basically just like royalty free samples that i knew i could manipulate quite heavily so yeah yeah, i really tried to just like be the whole thing that i wanted it to have that much weight to it yeah yeah and and so did you say that you i know that you said you you didn't you you hadn't done your own album before but have you been involved in production because it's it's very well produced thanks yeah Um, not not really to be honest i mean wow. i've only ever used logic to track guitars prior to that but okay. um with That's the impressive. job that I, <laughs> no, thanks um but with the job that i've got i kind of took this job so that i could tour for like three months of the year so i had like three months of time to like really study logic properly and, and learn how to use it as a tool instead of as a way just to capture guitar parts yeah. so yeah. i'd spent like probably four or five months like really studying like hours every day on how to use it properly yeah and then um i managed to kind of get it to a point where i could mix it to a level where i was like happy to give it to like a quote-unquote a real mixing engineer yeah um, and then yeah that was uh, ian mcleod that did the final mixing and mastering uh, and that was much more to do with like the nuance of how it was mixed instead of making yeah. it just sound good so um but yeah I- i've worked with ian for like 15 years in various projects i've known him since i was like 17 and there's no one that knows my musical brain like he does yeah. and he he doesn't like he gets how out there or how simple or how minimalist or whatever it is like he just gets what i'm trying to do with music and i think you need that element of trust when you're giving something so precious to someone to kind of add the final touches to and um and he yeah he nailed it he, he really did an amazing job yeah i think it, it's got the benefit of having lots of space you know yeah, yeah. so there's there's room to maneuver and and if you've got somebody like that behind you uh yeah you're onto a winner i, I think the hardest thing sometimes can be that you make um you make music in that way and then you send it over to someone to mix it and they want to really put their own flavor on it they want they want you know they want everyone to go you know they it has to have their own sort of like you know yeah flavor and 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 then it goes to the mastering guy and he wants to do the same thing so when you actually get it back you're like diluted (laughs) massively what yeah like what this wasn't what i had in mind at all you know so yeah that's a really good point because yeah. I think if if you don't have faith in the people that you work with, it just highlights how much of a of a percentage of the thing you get is of what you planned it to be. Like, you know, yeah. obviously I could have paid whoever to go and mix this and it would have their name on it, but it wouldn't yeah. be what I wanted in the end. And yeah. I think you can only make what it is that you want. If you try to do it to please other people, it, it won't please you and it will never please everyone. So you need to really just do the thing that's going to make you proud of it, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and there's nothing better when you get it back and and, and it actually sounds better than what you thought. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. So Best many times you get it back and you're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you done? So um, the the Venn relationship then is that it, I, I, I presume that's from from old you, you know these guys so not, not really oh, no. I, I mean, oh, no. this okay. is a funny yeah funny story because it's like you know i've i've been in diy touring bands since i was like 18 i've been the like the guy that books the tours drives on them tms them i've i've been that guy for so yeah. long that I, I gave up on the label thing so long ago and like frontier my, my main band we've i mean we turned down like the big, biggest labels in the industry because the deal wasn't right and we've always just kind of thought if you're going to be signed to someone then you need to really get a good part of that relationship like there needs to be something good out of that and yeah. um and so like i knew ven for like i i knew they existed for years and years and obviously like lags and gallows were the biggest punk band in, in the yeah. world at one point so yeah. um always been on the on the kind of radar but um yeah when i put this all together i i knew there was a label out there for it and um yeah i basically had like three in mind um one of them was ven the other one was warped but that would never ever happen um and then yeah anything to do with like brain feeder but again you know an unknown artist really so i knew they would never happen so yeah, yeah i did it the old-fashioned way I, I submitted demos to lags um and he was a bit like he loved the demos but he, he said he didn't know what to do with it because you know he's very much in the kind of um punk grime alt rock kind of thing yeah um and then yeah. yeah he um he asked to get the full record when it was done and i sent it back to him and he was like yeah i, I love it i still don't know what to do with it um have you got any suggestions <laughs> and um yeah we worked Help. out a way that we can kind of do something together <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that, that's that's awesome um you know, it's 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 a tricky thing. I mean, we we've uh, we being broken bricks have released. I mean, me and Warren have been working together for years, but this particular you know um, project, broken bricks, is is. I mean, it's two years old, but it's brand new to the world. You know, we've only got two singles out, and we even we haven't even got to that point of even you know management labels or anything like that. And and I know it. it, it trying to find the right one, trying to find that one at the right time um, yeah. to call a place home and all that kind of thing is is a really tricky thing to do. Yeah, definitely. And, and it depends on the genre a lot of the time yeah. as well, I think. And, you know, I've always been such a, a flag flyer for being DIY, but I think at some point you you kind of have to concede that some people do know more than you. Like, that's just a fact. <laughs> and also as well, you if you do everything DIY, you have to bear in mind that you are now the marketing department the pr department you're the admin person you're yeah. the producer the mixer yeah. the musician the writer you know and and at, at some stage the thing that you really love that you started doing which was picking up the guitar or picking up that synth and messing around with it has become has bloomed into this job yeah that exactly. actually yeah. takes you away from doing that stuff yeah right you don't you, yeah. you know i was talking to warren just about this the other day i was saying look i think we need we need to find a label because the diy bit's great but i want to get back to playing some music <laughs> i yeah. want to get i want to get back we, we, we're so heavily involved in videos photo shoots and and uh and just trying to you know bang the drum get the right pr team involved and all this kind of stuff that you just we're not making any music yeah exactly. And I'm like, yeah. dude i just you know I, don't put the album out and just keep making music i'd rather do that yeah yeah you know then, so they do certainly have their value plus it opens up more doors right yeah if, you, if you're backed uh, yeah. by a legit 
yeah, undeniably. And and also like again, like the genre sort of thing makes a big difference. So like in the DIY um kind of punk or hardcore sort of world, you drop someone a Facebook message that you're touring in Greece and say, Hey, can I stay in your floor? Nine times out of ten, you'll get that. In the electronic world, it's not that. It's a very, very different sort of right. sphere. And so like there's this kind of need to have a bit of a polished edge with it and yeah. um and you know, a label and having Rolling Stone on board and all these kind of things in place just kind of lets that have the platform that I think the album deserves instead yeah. of me like begging folk to listen, which is I'm done doing that. I've done that half yeah. my life. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm over doing that now. So yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was just a, a combination of all those things. And ultimately I knew that Lags had the best intention for the record and that's yeah. all I really wanted from from a label, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if it was Lags we were talking to, but a while ago, um, so the... The band that we're in now actually started out as Bricks, um, mm. which was a three-piece post-hardcore band. Nice. <laughs> very, very much. Well, as I said to you before, Warren's very much kind of like you know Ven, and he was talking to Ven Records at the time. Yeah, uh, he was also talking to Frank Carter, I think, as well. Cool. Um, who? But at the time that we were having those conversations, we didn't have an album yet, and then literally we got to the point of getting the album. We we did the album, um, which is it's like you know it's been live for for a few years, and then the bassist left. And then we were just like, we just couldn't get, we just couldn't get somebody else to fill the spot that was right. And then time passed and then we were like, we carried on making electronic music. And then the next thing you know, we're doing Broken Bricks yeah, <laughs> and it just yeah. kind of got left. And I, I think we, we've, we, we still want to kind of go and breathe some life back into that. So nice. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, really I loved difficult. it. I was drumming. So, um, yeah. drumming, drumming in a hardcore band was, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, some of the gigs were just crazy. Yeah, stupid stuff going on. But um, yeah, yeah, it was really cool though. So that that kind of hardcore scene, I kind of got a flavor of it. You know, that post-hardcore scene, minor threat type. Cool. Type yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but then yeah, it kind of the conversations with Ven fizzled out, and then we ended up doing this. So it's God quite hard because go. you really need to like capture the lightning when you're at that stage of an act where you're like still yeah. technically a development act. You've got your first yeah. release, but there's a bit of buzz. Yeah. Like you can't really take the foot off the gas for like a year. Really, like no. everything has to be lined up so that you've got all this stuff. And that was something I was feeling, um, like you were just saying there. Sometimes it can feel a bit like a job when the creative part's done, and then it's all administrational. Like, yeah. I mean, I I finished the music for this in like um like a january i think maybe even december and so like since then i've been doing videos photo shoots planning yeah. pr doing yeah. stuff for like american companies and yeah i'd spent like two months not even listening to the record and so yeah. yeah now i'm kind of at the stage where it's full circle and i can just like enjoy all of that stuff but yeah. um yeah unless you have it a lot of people tend to not pay attention because you need this constant drip feed of activity happening yeah, yeah. Do you get PR involved? I suppose that does that come off the back of Ven, or are you just literally just doing most of it yourself? So yeah, I was like fully DIY in all the um all the PR and um yeah, so like the Rolling Stone thing, um they had covered Frontier before we ended up in their magazine. Um so I had the contact through that and then mm. um all the other press was yeah, just me mailing out people I've worked with in the past. Um and then I think there's a portion of um the back end that uh, Lags does that kind of works with Wall of Sound PR and I think there's maybe a couple of like blog sort of things out of that but yeah, yeah no generally um I've always done PR myself as well so I've got yeah. the big old spreadsheet with emails in it like like <laughs> the old days <laughs> yeah yeah though you know it, it, sometimes it's, it's 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 strange you know like when we did the bricks one um we did I think a bit of our own PR and then got picked up by Clash magazine 
they, oh, cool. they did a really yeah. nice you know um, review and an article and all that kind of stuff. And then we just got told no by everybody else. <laughs> and yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. how can Clash? You know, we, yeah. not everybody else. We got a couple of other articles and stuff. But then you're like, Clash could pick it up, and then you've got this sort of you know other um outlet that you think would be suitable and they're like no it's not for us i think definitely and so an important yeah, lesson to anyone that's listening work. there is that a pr company will have the same results but charge you 500 pounds a month for it and that's the difference is yeah. that all they're doing is mailing out same thing yeah 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 and and i guess there's two things you don't get to hear the nose <laughs> so yeah. it's like, ow you know like yeah <laughs> um and and they you know the time you get to put time into something else while they're doing the same thing. And also, I guess, if you get the right PR company, they've already got a foot in the door with the usual suspects. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, there's definitely pros and cons, but it is very much down to like the flavour of the week in terms of what's popular music-wise at that time yeah. and also how high up the chain is your PR agent because if they're not yeah. very high up, they're also getting ignored every day so yeah um yeah when i kind of worked that out about five or six years ago i just stopped paying for pr i, I kind of did it for a few bands i was in but um yeah i've been pretty lucky off the back of that and i mean that sounds quite entitled but you know obviously the bands i've been in have been with people that are incredibly talented so it helps yeah. that the bands are good but yeah of course um, that's yeah, the first I mean, thing I'm, yeah <laughs> you <know>. definitely yeah <laughs> you need good music otherwise it doesn't matter yeah, how good no you chance. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, saying that yeah. though, I don't know. There's some stuff that's out on the radio at the minute that I'm like, Jesus, Questionable. this is a killer PR <laughs> company because I don't know what where this is going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, from in terms of like the the management side of things, um, what what kind of got you into management and 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 how what, do you have like particular artists that you look after or are you kind of like n- not really you know genre open type of thing or what what you know how long has it been yeah, going for was in all that yeah f- fairly broad so i uh, basically my my degree was um a mixture of uh, music business and composition but kind of more focused on composition and then in the final year is kind of setting you up to be like self-employed in the music industry so okay i always had quite a, a bit of an interest in it yeah. and i've always played music that is not very commercial so you always have the hard road really and so that yeah. inherently means that you have to learn a lot about how the industry works so that you don't kind of get done over so um that was kind of ingrained into my early music career and then um i was in a band that did not too badly and i was still kind of finding my feet in terms of like tour management and learning how like back end works for like if if you're on a tour for example and like all your finances end up disappearing like how why has that happened and so Mm -hmm. yeah learning how to kind of deal with like payments and how merch works and basically just doing like the diy tour thing so i did that for like three or four years and then um a couple of bands asked if i would do it for them and i was like well yeah um, I don't know really what I'm doing, but sure, if, if you know less, then <laughs> fine. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, and then they paid me a little bit, and that was kind of like local bands in Glasgow. And then that kind of scaled up to um, like regional touring bands. And then um, I had listened to a podcast with one of the guys from And So I Watch You From Afar, and okay. they had kind of gotten away from their management they weren't really happy with it and um i've always been a big believer of like just taking the biggest shot you can and seeing what happens <laughs> yeah. and i didn't think for a second that i would even get a response from the band but um yeah i just instagrammed rory um their guitar player and as i get heard that podcast um i know you're like they were actually in glasgow like two weeks after that really randomly part of a yeah. tour and so i'd went down to the gig had a chat with the band kind of gave them my credentials and what I'd done. And um, they were like, yeah, if if you're really keen, then, you know, we'll fly you over to Belfast and we'll we'll do it properly next week. We'll have a real proper sit down talk. Nice. And 
So yeah, we did that. And um, I spent like a year working with those guys. And so that was like quite a big jump because I mean, all the acts I had done prior to that were either unsigned or DIY or kind of in that middle ground of like, you know, just making enough money to get by. But, and so I watch you have like literally toured all over the world. They've got stuff in billboard and they've played with like Dave Grohl's other kind of projects and stuff, stadium band sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I basically was running a management business for like three or four years and, um, tour managing and doing all the kind of like umbrella stuff for a band that want to go from being just like, we're playing crap local venues to now doing national tours to then international tours. So in that kind of development to kind of stable sort of act. Um, and so, yeah, I did that for like four or five years and then Frontier kind of came under that as well when I joined that band. And, um, and so that we've kind of. I, I when I got this job lecturing up here in Aberdeen, um, I kind of disbanded the business and um, unfortunately kind of um, gave up management for everyone except Frontier. Um, and so now I kind of like co-manage Frontier with the the other guy that writes all the music. So, mm-hmm. um, like you said before, it's like it, at some point it stops being fun and really becomes a grind. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, at, yeah. at some point I'd worked out. You know, I was working seventy hours a week. I was either on tour away from home or when yeah. I was at home glued to a computer. And after years of that, I was just so fried. I was just burnt out yeah. with the whole thing. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so I was like, well, if I do, if I change things up, I get to talk about music, play music all day, and then I get my time to tour separately. Yeah. And yeah. that's like a great balance, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about touring, what what is, how are you going to go live? Or are you going to go live? <laughs> um, I've been asked quite a bit about that as well, and I don't have a good answer at the moment. <laughs> well, it's either um, one, or, one or the other. You either go with an army or you go with a sample pad yeah. <laughs> you know like a, a SPDS and a yeah, you know and and just somehow perform <laughs> well yeah I mean it, I mean what I quite like about what you've done is, you know video wise like videos are a pain in the ass really mm-hmm. um I for some reason can't ever think of a good idea for a video I don't know it's why hard. it is I don't know why it's just like this mental block that I have I'm like I just can't think of anything mm-hmm. some people are really good at it but what I like about what you've done there is what the conversation that we were having with Warren I was like how do we just keep it nice and simple but but make it effective and then I saw the video that you've done I was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just basically just one shot just one you shot. some effects and it works yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, how did I not have that idea like, yeah it's so frustrating <laughs> Yeah, again, all the DIY thing. It's like, how yeah. can you do the lowest budget, highest output thing? And yeah. Not that that looks like phenomenal or like some high end fashion thing, but it suits the music a bit. And it was literally two angles, like one of me staying still and then yeah. a camera moving across and across shot, yeah. put them together, layer it, my head splits in two, boom, yeah. we've got a music video. <laughs> it, it, I was like, damn it. Now I can't have that idea. <laughs> you can have it. It's fine. It's not copyrighted. Um, yeah, no, yeah. The, the visual side of things is tough. But yeah, to answer your question, I, I don't actually know what I'm going to do. I, I just filmed like a a kind of like remote live thing with Adam. And um, so that'll be going out through uh, a, a really nice American company that um, I can't say just yet. One of those yeah. annoying things. But yeah, it'll be out soon. But yeah, that was one of those like lockdown live quote unquote things where you do okay. your separate parts, put it together and yeah. mix it. Yeah. Um, so that gave me a taste of it. But it's so difficult because... <sighs> with this kind of music there's like a real sort of grandiose factor to it like there's you can't really get by with a lo-fi version of this it mm. has to kind of be like mm. the bjork arca effects mm. like mm. boniver big visual sort of thing I, yeah. I would hate to do this and it just be like a you know like a bed sheet with a projector like i can't yeah. think of anything worse than like a a crap version of what <laughs> i'm trying to do so um I've, I've actually been speaking to like a musical director friend of mine about how to kind of set up the personnel at the very least 
least because when I did this with Adam, like I had to have two stacked synths um, going into a looper pedal and then a separate pedal board for the guitar chain and then backing tracks through the laptop. And so all of that coming together with a click track, it's quite a lot of pressure and it doesn't really give much of a, much space for it to be like a live experience it's very like literally metronomic it's hard for it to have a bit of life about it so i don't know if i would do it that way as the one man show thing but it did it worked for what we did but yeah i think i'd basically need like a a kind of percussionist a keyboardist with stacked keys i would have to do guitars bass and any vocal work backing vocals a drummer and then maybe some form of like electronic sort of musician so i mean you'd need seven or eight people yeah exactly yeah, a person. <laughs> it's, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, you end up with an army, and you're like, okay, how much is this costing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you know, truth be told, it's like the record's done well in as much as it's been listened to a lot. But if yeah. anything, you know, like something I've learned over the years is that that doesn't necessarily translate to people turning up to gigs. That's not really what that means. That means people attach something to a record that they listen to. Yeah. But you know, I would need to sell out like a two thousand capacity hall to pay off what i'd like to do and you know yeah. that's just not going to happen at the yeah. moment so yeah yeah um i don't know i'd love to it's definitely in the pipeline and um, i'm thinking about it quite a lot but also i've only got 27 minutes of music that record's a 27 minute True. piece of music so yeah you know you can you can just hit a synth though for a while and you know really build the crowd up <laughs> just extend it on both yeah, sides make it free form for a bit. <laughs> exactly yeah we, we've all been there but um yeah no i think um I'm, yeah i'm going to give it another couple of spins anyway uh when we finish on here and yeah it's it's really um you should check out those other bands those the, mm. the you know the bc Camplight and stuff like that because yeah. um uh either i'm imagining it or, or it get, at least it gives me that same kind of feeling you know that's cool yeah but um quite, quite hard to kind of get the influences to come through I, i'd read a review um from uh the skinny actually the other day and they had said that the influences are apparent but they're never plagiarized and i liked that because that's mm. kind of like what my intention was like i wanted it to sound similar to some artists but yeah. not like i've just fully nicked their whole thing because yeah like, it's got no gallagher on it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think it's inevitable that if you listen to a certain kind of music or artist or whatever enough, you can't not have some of it come through in some way, shape yeah, or form. Yeah. You know, like it it just it, it, that's where creativity I think starts. It's kind of like that you you emulate and then you put your own flavor on it and then it becomes your own thing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and 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 I think that can stand up for like even if you if you, if you if you love metal music and you pick up a piano somewhere in there the way that you structure those chords or the sequences or something will be there'll be some sort of element of it and i think that's the really good thing like if you you know when you, when you're doing music like this it, it 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 shines through that you've got those those influences and that you're able to put them together in a way that is unique so you can't actually you can hear them, but you can't pin it to them. You know, you can't yeah, go, oh, yeah, that's that's this. That, that's clearly that, you know, like, oh, you're just trying to do another one of those. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm yeah. glad. There's a, yeah. a track on, on that record called Voices that's like the clear Bon Iver influence, but that was the one where I was um, speaking with Ian, the mixing engineer, where I was like, man, you need to be honest. Like, if this sounds like <laughs> a rip-off Bon Iver, <laughs> yeah, just tell me straight. I, I need to hear it. But I think yeah. we dressed up enough that it wasn't just just as much as that. But Yeah, and who, did you have 
Adam wasn't on Stutter, was he? No, so that's Ian Masiak. So ah, Ian, Ian Masiak's yeah, okay. Ian's Is that a, live drums then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, okay. he played that. Wow, he's tight. So, yeah, incredible. So if anyone doesn't know Ian Masiak, he's the the guy that wrote and performed the drum parts for Machine Drums, um, A View of You record, like oh. the biggest thing in electro last yeah. year. And yeah. um, I was trying to program a breakbeat and it was just sounding so bad. Like it was, <laughs> it, I couldn't even pass it off as yeah. like experimental. It just wasn't very good. So I got really annoyed uh, with that whole process and found Ian on Instagram and emailed him the track. And I was like, I know you're really busy and you're like, you're a high caliber artist. So I won't take offense if you say no, but mm. if you like it, man, it'd be awesome to get you on. Yeah. And within like an hour, he had listened to it. He loved it. And he, he said, yeah, I've got a couple of ideas. Just send me the kind of session and I'll, I'll do something. Oh. Nice. And so yeah, he had sent back like four four different types of break beats for the sections, and then um he gave me some fills. So he wanted it to be quite collaborative. So he was basically like, if if you can edit, which which I'd kind of learned how to do, then put some of these fills in within these break beats and see what you can come up with because it can be quite experimental that way. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we had kind of like meshed some of these ideas together, put them together, um, and it fit in perfectly around those like slow industrial beats. So I'd done them separately as their own mm-hmm. thing, um, and then we had put in his break beat and jungle sort of work around it yeah and um i just couldn't believe that a human could play that like it's it, really tight I did, yeah, yeah i didn't need to nudge a single note like the whole thing yeah. was like dead on and yeah. um got yeah. really light touch as well which I, I quite like with that style of music as well yeah that's what i kind of like about adam as well you know he's, he's super tight but you can hear the little symbol bits that he leaves on toms and that's letting you know that it's not a machine doing this that's right like there's a little squeaks and bumps and little bits uh, yeah, and it, I, I just yeah, it's um, yeah, it's awesome stuff. But, I am. Um, I'm so obsessed with rhythm. Like I said to you before, like I've I've just been like rhythmically like drawn to anything that's unique or interesting like my whole life any style of music whatever it is and yeah um, yeah, the first time I saw Adam doing his own thing I was just like man I didn't even realize that you could like live time Ableton with triggers all of these different parts of the kit and he it was like imagine you'd never heard an orchestra to me it was like that the first time I saw him and that's uh, what I felt like it's like <laughs> he's changing the symbols on the snare while he's playing and he's changing out symbols I'm like i know because uh, i was like Absolutely. i said i was drumming at the time for bricks i was just like yeah. get throw them in the bin i don't need those anymore like what is the it point almost, <laughs> it almost feels like derogatory to call it drumming when yeah. you talk about him though because it's not that yeah. it's like this percussive master class it's yeah. so so next level yeah um and so yeah ian masiak i, I felt the same with for, for yeah well it's super tight I've, I've not really checked him out to be honest I've, i i need to do more because uh when it came on i was like oh this is kind of it sounds like something adam would play on but it yeah. didn't sound yeah. like adam that was like that's right what? yeah so I, I didn't know if he'd programmed it or not or that's why i asked the question <laughs> yeah no initially i thought he would maybe do something like that but yeah he was going yeah. for a bit more of like a, a groove orientated thing instead of something a bit more manic and yeah. um and yeah i also need to mention finn lamarnell was one of the other songwriters for a couple of those songs yeah and so yeah. yeah he had these really unique sort of ideas around like soft chords that came from a guitar but sound like a synth and um yeah it kind of like built a big bunch of it around that kind of idea and uh it worked really well with ian so i was really yeah. happy with how that came out so is he playing he's playing live guitar into like a synth bo- pedal board or something is he all- kind of yeah so yeah. finn is a percussive guitar player by mm. trade much like the mike dawes um uh who's the other guy andy mckee or john gom any of those very kind of percussive guitar players and yeah. uh, a songwriter and singer primarily but he's always been into like 
old DJ Shadow and Aphex and he's always tried to integrate a bit of that but he's never had like a suitable sort of means to do it so yeah. um, I went to uni with him I've, I've known him for like 12 or 13 years so yeah finally I've got a project I could shoehorn him into so um, yeah he came to me with um, so with Stutter it was um, that uh, subby paddy sort of thing at the beginning and then the acoustic guitar put through a strymon which is like the best like yeah. uh, reverb pedal in the world pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. and you can just manipulate it um live time and then i manipulated it in edit and um yeah it just turned into these like big beautiful synthy pad sort of sounds but it came from an acoustic guitar and um and yeah we just kind of developed that and um much like that other track james that um he had written i had deconstructed something that he had given me for that one yeah 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 no it sounds it sounds wicked it really layers together very nicely thanks yeah yeah I'm glad. um i'm has six music picked this up I'm, or, or like have they haven't i sent it through to um who's their producer i sent it through to the the radio six producer and, and they said that it was a little too electronic for them. really i'm <laughs> yeah. surprised by that because i was as soon as i heard it i thought okay this is going to end up on six music for sure. yeah i was i was gutted i would have loved it to, uh, yeah. to have gone on i maybe need to try another producer because i think they're they're quite picky depending who you get for the like yeah for the dj themselves their producer can be a bit picky about what they put forward so yeah yeah um yeah i might yeah. need to give lags a bit of a nudge on that but i mean <laughs> yeah. there, there's been some pretty good radio coverage as is i mean I mean, I got um, loads of stuff on Amazing Radio. I got um, a heavy rotation in Switzerland, had the same in Germany, um, and then a bunch of like local sort of Scottish stations as well. So yeah. somehow it's, man, it's, it's really weird to get to like 32 and then get signed and then have the commercial release. It's like usually <laughs> you start there and then everything turns to crap. So yeah, yeah, I've kind yeah. of done it the wrong way around, but yeah. man, it's, it's amazing anyone that, kind of cares about <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy about that. Cool. Well, it's been awesome to have you on, mate. Thank you very much for, for jumping on. Um, where can people find you? You know, socials? And- um, all over. So if you want to listen to the music, yep, the the project's called Lift. The uh, record is called There Is Beauty In Everything. And anywhere you listen to music, you'll be able to find that. Um, if you want to watch a video for Zower, that's on YouTube, just um, Lift Official. And then Instagram is underscore Lift Music. Facebook is Lift Official as well. And um, yeah, if you just type my name, Dan Stevenson and Lift, you'll find you'll stuff find everywhere. Something. Cool. Well, I hope you find a way of taking it live because I'd love to come and see what you can put together, especially if Adam turns up as well. <laughs> I need I need to convince Adam that he's the only guy that can do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. But but I could I could yeah, I mean I could definitely hear it. I think it was you but you're right, it needs to be the right spectacle. And it, it deserves, you know, the the right kind of uh show. So I think so. Yeah, definitely. That's you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that though, man. It's so cool to to chat about something that I've made with people that genuinely like it. So yeah, man, yeah. it's uh, very much no, appreciated. It's awesome. Yeah, keep keep it going. It's awesome. Thanks, cool Ken, man. Thanks. Well, uh I'll leave you to it. But yeah, thank you again. Thank you again for jumping on and uh we'll keep in touch. Nice one. Cheers, All right, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, 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 th